This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. This is the Work and Life podcast, which explores how to create harmony among the different parts of life, work, home, community, and the private self, your mind, body, and spirit. Here's your host, founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project and author of the bestseller, Total Leadership, Professor Stu Friedman. Scott Beeson is a professor of management at Fairleigh Dickinson University. He's a specialist in working families and is especially committed to fighting the stigmas working dads face. He's a nationally known scholar, having won numerous awards for research and for teaching. He speaks regularly at conferences and in a variety of public and private sector organizations. And his wonderful book, The Working Dad's Survival Guide, How to Succeed at Work and Home, describes in very practical terms the many ways men can shape their work lives to increase their involvement at home while succeeding in their careers. This podcast episode is from the second time Scott was on my SiriusXM radio show. I brought him back because, well, the discussion on working dads is increasing in volume and importance, and he has a lot to say about this important topic. We talk about the ways parents can create more flexibility in their work schedules and build support in their organizations for such flexibility, and lots more. So now, get set to listen and learn about how to improve family life and careers for fathers in the modern workplace. It's Scott Beeson. Scott, welcome back to the show. So great to be here, Stu. Thank you for having me. Uh, So this is a super hot topic now, Scott, as as you, of course, uh, know as well as anyone. How did you get into this topic uh, of, you know, this aspect of work and family and and specifically focusing on dads and work? What drove you to to this arena? Right. Well, I think it's always been an important topic. It's just one that Mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about very much. Um, You know, there are millions of dads out there, and there probably always have been millions of dads out there who care very much about their careers and also being hands-on involved dads. And I think the moment's really right um, to provide some of that information and encouragement because we're finally talking about work and family issues for dads. Yes. Um, Thank goodness. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thank you, first off, for, for paving the way for, for, for a book like mine and for also writing the foreword um, to that was my the privilege. Working Dad Survival Guide. Yes, that was fun to do that, and I was, I was very pleased to do that. So, yeah, what, what has changed, Scott, that, that, you know, you said the moment is, is different now. What, what's different now, uh, or what has caused, do you think, the difference in, in uh, the culture and that has enabled people like you? Uh, and others to step forward and to really make this a front and center issue? Well, I think society society has changed for a very long time. I mean, it's been a very long time since the traditional male breadwinner, um, you know, female caretaker household has been the norm. Um, it's been, you know, 30, 40 years where uh, couples where both 
um, the mom and dad work mm-hmm. has been the norm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it hasn't been reflected in the rest of our culture. It hasn't caught up with it. Uh, workplaces, by and large, haven't caught up with this. Um, you know what we see in 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 society or commercials or entertainment hasn't caught up with it, but it is. It's starting to. Um, you look at television shows like Modern Family is you know all about you know looking at what modern families deal with, and mm-hmm. it's different than Leave It to Beaver, and it's even different than. You know, uh, dare I say the Cosby Show, but um, or uh, you know, Home Improvement. You or dare not, from, Scott. From <laughs> from from uh, you know, just a half generation ago. Yes. Um, but I think you know, just finally, enough people are living this life, right? Every dad I know, my entire peer group, um, you know, cares about our careers and right. cares about being really good dads. And I think just finally, um, how old you know, are you? There's there's enough of a critical mass that we're we're finally dealing with it. What's your age? Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm 42. Right. So your generation is really um, Gen X. Yep. coming coming into yep. its own in terms of uh, being open and uh, affirmative of you know, the different roles in life, not just work. So you, you wrote the Dad Survival Guide. Tell us a bit about what's, what's the essential message you're trying to get across in it. Right. Well, I, I think the first thing is is what we've just been talking about, that there's a strange wall of silence around working dad's issues, and we have to mm. counter that. So the first lesson in there's the book stigma really still, is you're right? not alone. Like, mm-hmm. we all, you know, have this challenge, and by and large, we're rising to the challenge pretty well. Um, and then, you know, in uh, what I try to do is translate a lot of the really good research um, and business practices that I've seen as a business school professor, um, but really translated to almost like a business self-help kind of book. Um, so I try to walk the reader through, you know, how do we think about our priorities in life? Um, and then, you know, when we really think about our priorities, about what do we want out of our careers? What do we want out of our family life? What do we want out of our one shot at uh, our kids' childhoods? Um, then, you know, very consistent with your work, Stu, um, you know, once you really think about what your priorities are in your, uh, your, the multiple aspects of your life, then you can start making decisions and making choices to, to live more according to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next parts of the book talk about how do you navigate the workplace, how do you advocate for yourself, how do you maybe understand what opportunities and obstacles might be in your way, and how you can maybe get yourself to a more flexible employment or to a... Uh, a work arrangement that that works better for you, and then at home, how can we be more present uh, in the work at at home as mm-hmm. fathers? And finally, how can we take care of ourselves? Um, you know, making sure that we we, you know, if you're doing it right, you know, if you're working more than full time hours that most of us do, and you're spending most of the rest of your time as an involved you know father, husband, etc. You don't have that much time for yourself unless you really carve out that time. So what do you sure. do? What, what's your uh, private well, you know, space? Um, that, how, do you, how do you sort of invest in your own self to give you the energy and the, the, the focus that you need to take care of yourself? Yeah, well, you know, I, I talk about a few of these examples in the book, not just me, but, you know, several other dads as well. And, you know, some things I do, um, my wife and I, we make sure to have – even if it's a lunch date or a coffee date or something every two weeks, just that we have that time. Uh, it's on the family calendar. We have to stick to it. Um, you know, I, I play in a volleyball league on Monday nights, and that gets me out of the house, gets me exercising, gets me with a group of people who aren't otherwise involved with the rest of my life, so mm. I can kind of get out of myself a little bit. Volleyball. And, yeah. That sounds like fun. 
Yeah, well, it, it is. I used to be a, a more competitive player. I'm okay. starting to get older now, but um, but it is it's fun and it gets me going. And you know, th- there's lots of things, and and you know, people feel too busy, right? If we're the hamster running on the wheel, right? We're running and running and running. It's better if we sat on the cedar chips just every now and then and thought about, you know, what do we need? And um, you know, sometimes that's alone time. Sometimes that's exercise. Sometimes that's religion. You know, whatever feeds us and renews us. Right. Um, yeah. How do you do that though in a way, Scott, that um that the people around you who are, you know, pounding on you for your <laughs> attention, the people at work, the people in your family, whoever it is, uh how do you find that time for yourself in a way that they see is not kind of uh you know, taking from them and, and ending up feeling resentful of the time you need for yourself to be able to be all strong and present for them when you're with them. Right. Well there's you know, uh Obviously, there are some people who take advantage of this. There are some guys who are selfish with their time, but they're not listening to this radio show and they're not re- reading my book. Um, you know, most, most. I don't know about that, but go uh, ahead. Well, most of the people I know, you know, uh, care very much, and they try to take care of others before they take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think if we really enroll our spouse or our kids and say, "Listen, this is what I need, so I can be better," or if we talk to our supervisors and say, listen, you know, being able to work from home on occasion frees me up mm-hmm. to do a better, better job for you. Right. Uh, so being upfront and direct, I think, is really important. But also, you know, it, a lot of it is time management. Um, the fact is we have 168 hours in a week, um, and that means we could probably find three hours a week to exercise by ourselves um, if that's what we need to clear our heads and stay healthy. Um, you know, if we prioritize... And then we, you know, put some some time chunks in our calendar behind our priorities. We can find time, I think, to to lead a reasonably balanced life. Um, what have you found, Scott, to be most difficult, the most you know, the greatest challenge that individuals face, particularly fathers, in in really finding that that sweet spot, that that way of you know investing enough time in themselves, their families, their work to 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 make it happen. What what's the biggest obstacle to realizing that dream? Well, I, again, I think it goes back to, to taking the time to really think through your priorities. I think too many of us are so busy, we just go on autopilot. You know, most of us yeah. chose careers in college, right out of college, uh, when we're probably single. Um, and what might have been a career that suited us very well then may or may not suit us now that we're, you know, married with children. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of people don't think about, well, I could make a change or... You know, I could work to make a change in 18 months that would be good for my life. Um, you know, too many people, I think, get, feel resigned to their situation, and yes. they don't um, open themselves up to the, to the possibilities that they can have. I would think um, other issues... So how do you wake up from that, that, that stupor <laughs> of, of, you know, resigned, uh, you know, just trudging through life, especially if you are really constrained? You don't have a lot of money. You've got yeah. to work double shifts. You've got, you know, mouths to feed. Where do you find that, uh, not just the inspiration, but the, the practical right. you know, availability of trying to see a different way? Well, the, the financial component's a, a major one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact is, if, you know, job one is to, you know, provide for the family in many cases. So, you know, I really sympathize with people who, uh, you know, really have to spend all that time in order to earn what they need to earn. Uh, however, I think for many of us... Um, you know what we've done is we've we've lost focus on what what finances should be giving us. 
Um, what do you, know, you mean? Instead of buying too much of a car mm. or too big of a house or um, whatever else, if we really think about how we're spending our money uh, to give us more freedom instead of taking away our freedom, uh, that's a really important way to look at our financials. There's a whole chapter in the Working Dad Survival Guide yeah. that, that talks about this, that um, – you know, if we can get our regular expenses kind of somewhat comfortably into our budget, then we have freedom to either lean in at work, uh, to take an extra vacation, to um, turn down a, a lucrative job opportunity that would just be too many hours, or, um, you know, to invest in a, in a business or whatever. Um, but I think if we get stuck on keeping up with the Joneses or, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, to need the, the status that comes with, owning certain things, um, you know, it really constrains our freedom and our choices. That's a lot to change, though, Scott, as of it course is. you know, and because these are deeply ingrained uh, values that, that we hold, uh, and there's all kinds of social pressures to, yep. uh, to aspire to, you know, certain material gains. So how do you help people to cut through that and get to, uh, you know, what they are truly about? Right. Well, in some of my work dealing with um, individual dads, you know, it's just asking these questions about, mm-hmm. you know, how do you want your kids to look back on their childhood? What do you want them to say about you? And that, that's a question that really tends to elicit a lot of responses. It's a great question. And, and everyone says, a, oh, yeah. I, want, I want them to remember I was always there mm-hmm. and I loved them and I was like this foundational part of their lives and that we had fun together. And then, you know, the follow-up question is, is kind of the punch in the gut is, well, how do you spend your time? And, um, you know, some, some guys say, yeah, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job here. And other dads like, wow, you know, I, I always swore I'd scale back when my kid got a little older, and I never did. Um, or I promised I'd try to get off the road, um, you know, and, and take a different kind of desk job uh, when my kids, you know, are, are – you know, getting older, and, mm-hmm. and they, they haven't, and they just, it kind of shocks them a little bit that, wow, you know, I'm not doing what I said my priority is, and, you know, that's the first step. Um, to raise it, consciousness about the, the disconnect between what you say you believe in, your espoused values, and what you actually do with your time absolutely, and attention. Absolutely, that's, that's exactly right, and I think, you know, if there's one lesson I think I want a reader to get out of my book is... If you really think through your priorities and then start making choices over a period of time, you can start living a life closer to your, so that your real uh, enacted values are much closer to your spouse values. Mm-hmm. And, and that's available perhaps not you know, to, to achieve your, your wildest dreams, but it's certainly to get closer to that ideal is available to just about everyone, don't you think? Yeah. Or, or am I being too optimistic well, here no, and you I, too? I think, you know, I mean, some people have hard luck um, and some people have, have more difficult things in their lives and health problems and, and other issues. Mm-hmm. But for most of us who just have kind of ordinary level problems, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, listen, we're not going to, you know, sometimes work is work. And if it just enables the rest of our lives, that's great. Um, sometimes we have to be out of balance for a while. Uh, in order to um, take care of what we need to take care of. Mm. Um, what you know, what do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, if you're an, if you're an accountant, you know, March and April, you, you're probably out of balance in terms of work-life balance, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and that's okay. So there are seasons as, that... Right, as long as you take a longer-term view of things, mm-hmm. 
um, and recognize that, you know, okay, good, you know, tax season's tough, but then I'm taking my vacation and unplugging, um, and therefore I can get myself into a longer-term balance. Um, so you st- it starts with, you know, raising consciousness about, you know, are you living according to what really matters to you now and, and in the future? Then what do you help people to try to do? Right. So the, so the next part of the book, after the, the priorities part, is uh, really navigating the workplace um, and advocating for yourself. All right. So um, let's, let's dig into that. What's, yeah. what's key to making that happen? Well, uh, you know, uh, not to keep going back to priorities, but that's the first one. Uh, but, but secondly is, is to understand that, I don't know, in my experience, most managers are not really mean people. I think, <laughs> I think most managers mean well. Um, they just might not be aware of certain things or they might fear losing control over things. And I think if we can work with our supervisors and our teams to build up trust and to you know, convince them to give us a little more freedom and well, autonomy in ha- how and where and when we get our work done. Freedom is key. How do you get there, though? How do, I mean, because there's going to be resistance. If I let you, you know, work at home on Fridays, then what do I do for you know, John and Sally who, all, who want the same thing? I'll never have anybody around. I, I, I mean, I'm just laying right, out one no. devil's advocate scenario. Absolutely. But that's... That's, that, that's one of the, you know, I highlight some of the more common reasons that managers resist, and that's absolutely right at the top of the list. So to be successful in advocating for creating greater freedom and flexibility in your world, which of course is necessary, what what's essential to be successful in, in that self-advocacy? Right. Well, in, in that case, you know, good negotiating, you know, Fisher and Yuri type negotiating is, is understanding. Roger Fisher and Bill Yuri getting to yes, one of the five yes. greatest books ever written uh, in the agreed. field of management. Yes. So please Absolutely. check that out, everybody. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, but, but and their whole perspective is, you know, how do you see things from the other person's point of view mm-hmm. and try to address their needs ahead of time so that they don't even have the opportunity to really uh, <laughs> resist? Uh, so in many ways, if you can make a business case for why it's better for you um, in terms of your performance to right. work more flexibly – and how you can provide evidence of this and how you could almost, you know, set up a, you know, give your manager a performance management system for you, including mm-hmm. um, goals and progress reports and, and things like that, that takes away a lot of their concern. Absolutely. No, I have um, found that, that to be essential. That it's not a request that <laughs> they have to give to everybody. Uh, it's not a favor. It's not, um, you know, and then they'll, you're taking the risk out of it for them. Right, because you're doing it for them. So that's certainly what I advocate for my students and clients yep. is the same thing. If you, if you frame whatever it is that you're trying to do in terms that are, uh, you know, what your boss, colleagues, spouse, whoever it is you've got to get on your side, in terms that make sense for them, that you're trying to do this for them, not just for you, but for yep. us, and it's all about us, well, then you, uh, you're, you're much more likely to get their support, right? Yes, I know it's a cliche to say it's, you know, look for a win-win solution, but uh, it's a cliche for a reason, I think, <laughs> right? Well, it's, there's a lot of truth in it. Yeah, you, you've got to see it that way. So, so, so then you've got some ideas for, for wins uh, for you and for them, what I call four-way wins, right? Yeah. That wins that are going to be good for you, your family, your community, and your, your business. Then what? Well, I mean, that's not the only solution. Um, it depends on what type of job you do, what mm-hmm. your you know, life demands are. So, um, you know, it's hard to make 
completely prescriptive uh, recommendations. But, you know, for some people, um, really being able to just put limits on what is work time versus what is family time. Mm -hmm. Others are much more uh, better at integrating um, and, you know, helping co-create a a setting um, with your, your manager uh, with something like that is important. For others, it might be, you know, I need to get out of the situation and find a better employer or find a different type of career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times when we think about jobs or we're on the job market, we look at the obvious things, right? Like, how much does it pay? You know, where is it? Um, you know, how prestigious a place is this? But, you know, I, I think we need to expand the, the types of things we look at when we when we look at jobs Mm -hmm. and consider jobs in terms of how does it fit the rest of our lives? Absolutely. Scott, we uh, have just another 30 seconds or so left. Uh, Our conversation has just sped by. What's the main thing you want to make sure our listeners take away from the work that you're doing now and what you've written about in your Um, book? Yeah, well, I I just, you know, uh, that, you know, work and family issues are really important for dads. Dads have, you know, you can live a life that's close to your priorities. And I think we can be successful both at work and at home, but it takes, um, you know, understanding what your priorities are, understanding that you're not alone and you can seek help and other people will be willing to help you. Um, and that, you know, uh, leading a more kind of four-way wins, kind of balanced type of life um, is well worth the hard work it might take to get there. And it does take work, and, and your book helps people to undertake that that work, especially dads, in a way that, uh, that promises real results. Scott, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I've been speaking with Scott Beeson, uh, and I uh, really want to appreciate uh, your time here and your great book. Well, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, for, for sure. Uh, for more information about Scott's book, The Working Dad's Survival Guide, How to Succeed at Work and at Home, visit the book's website, which is workingdadsurvivalguide.com. And for more information about Scott's work, you can check his uh, website, Scott Beeson. That's S-C-O-T-T-B-E-H-S-O-N.com. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Beeson. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Scott Beeson on the challenges facing working dads today and that it provided you with a new way to think about this issue, whether or not you're a working father yourself. But now, well, if you are one and you want to increase the quality and quantity of your involvement with your family then here's a challenge for you, an invitation. Think about how doing one aspect of your job could be a very small piece of it in a different location or at a different time or times would increase your work productivity and give you more access to your family. Both would gain. I bet you could think of something. Once you do, then talk it over with your manager about experimenting for just a few weeks or so with this change, emphasizing how she or he will be the judge as to whether or not it's working from her or his perspective. 
what happens? I would love to hear from you about what your experience is like in designing and then trying to implement such an experiment. Let me know by contacting me directly, friedman.wharton.upenn.edu or on Twitter, at Stu Friedman. And if you have an idea about someone you'd like to hear me speaking with on this show, again, just get right in touch with me, friedman.wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work and Life. This conversation was originally recorded on my weekly radio show on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Tune in for live broadcasts of Work and Life on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more about today's guest and about previous guests, check out our blog at workandlifepodcast.com. Join the conversation by commenting there or tweeting at Stu Friedman. And for more ideas and tools for creating harmony among the different parts of life, check out our website, totalleadership.org, and my book, Total Leadership, Be a Better Leader, Have a Richer Life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and coworkers. Until next time, I'm your host, Stu Friedman, and I thank you for joining me. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.